Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Digital Transformation Podcast. Today, I have Ed O'Brien, analyst at ARC, and our topic today is rethinking proactive asset management in the age of coronavirus. Hello, Ed, and welcome. How are you? Great, Tom. Thank, thank you very much. I'm very much appreciated. Yeah. And, uh, look, looking forward to having this conversation with you. Absolutely. Uh, especially right now, things are kind of in a uh, in a little bit of chaos right now. So uh, excited to have you on today. Thank you, Tom. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Well, I guess we'll just dive right in. And, um, you know, isn't being proactive in asset management already important? Absolutely. And that's, and that's a very good point. The um, So it, it, it is important, but there's always a balance between uptime equipment, uh, maximizing uptime and uh, in the budget. So even though the idea is to uh, schedule, whether through preventive maintenance or, or, or um, uh, through condition monitoring, but there's always kind of that balance of, you know, can we do, we, do we need to do it now? And considering all the events that are happening in the world, uh, now what is the time? And particularly with um, some of the uh, uh, assembly and production lines uh, either shutting down or slowing down because of demand, either now or also in the future here, uh, now is an opportunity to really um, get the equipment as best condition as possible. And, um, you know, and asset management can be a critical success factor in this area because once things get rolling and if, you know, depending on the economy, it's individual region and country economies, um, you know, there's, there's some indications that there could be some uh, uh, long shifts and uh, trying to do a lot of catch up in, in this, particularly in the second half of the year, Q3 and Q4. So the idea of, um, you know, how do we make sure, what, what can we do without, you know, being totally replacing everything, but what tools do we have that can help us to uh, to get ready to maximize uptime and uh, while the equipment's down? Because let's face it, the economies has been, have been by and large pretty pretty uh, strong for the last few years. Some, there's been some countries that have uh, uh, experienced some headwinds more recently, even before uh, coronavirus and, and COVID-19. Um, but the idea is that, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of downtime to be able to do a lot of scheduled major work. And this may very well be the time. You know, ramifications of the spread of the virus uh, are really being felt around the globe. Mm -hmm. And the efforts are far-reaching can be felt in both human and economic terms. So, uh, you know, keeping in mind when it's safe, uh, but, you know, if there's an opportunity to do things behind the scenes before things get cranking, it's, it's really critical. You know, and within particularly the, the economic terms, uh, which, you know, the, the human terms are much more important, of course, but the economic terms are important, and uh, the effective asset management is more important than ever, particularly uh, as, as companies start to ramp up this production and, and assembly lines, and also just ramping up uh, activity overall right. in the near to intermediate term. Mm -hmm. And during this time, maintenance organizations can better leverage uh, various capabilities available to them. And not to say they haven't been leveraging them, but, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of fires to fight on any given shift. Right. And there are, there's a lot of equipment that uh, uh, has uh, sensors and edge devices that may not be uh, fully, um, uh, not all of the capabilities of being fully uh, uh, taken advantage of. And uh, this could very well be a chance to really see, you know, how can we make sure that there's uh, as little downtime predicted as possible. Yeah. Well, what areas should uh, be top of everybody's mind uh, for today's maintenance teams? What, what, what should everybody be focusing on? 
Well, the, the, anything that could um, essentially, and, and you know, going back to operations management 101 of critical path, anything that could affect the lines, the the production, anything that could affect any uh, transfer over to supply chain management are critical. And, and a lot of it starts with inspections and, and preventive, preventive maintenance as well. But uh, while production output is reduced or temporarily suspended, a lot of times the um, critical inspections and PMs while equipment is available, is, is, is a unique opportunity. Uh, sometimes it might be, uh, if you have a 24 by 7 operation, very little downtime uh, is, is scheduled. Mm -hmm. uh, other times, uh, there might be, unfortunately, some downtime that occurs uh, because of, um, because of a, a failure. But you know, all of these can be, uh, you know, this may be an opportunity to improve uptime. And this would be particularly important in situations where scheduled maintenance inspections may have been deferred, um, you know, just because of a lack of access to the equipment mm -hmm. and uh, the, um, uh, the the issues that can occur uh, when you're that, that when you have to run full tilt and then um, not aware of you know essentially running running to failure in some cases, and so you know this is uh, important as we roll forward. And the time may be right to take full advantage of advanced features and some of the specific uh, features that can help uh, include not only EAM, Enterprise Asset Management, and Asset Performance Management, uh, but these systems which uh, may be un under, uh, uh, underused more recently. And, and to the point of being un underused, it's, mm. it's, it's an issue of priorities. You know, a lot of maintenance is corrective maintenance. Um, yes, there is. There are preventive maintenance plans. Some organizations are using reliability-centered maintenance, uh, trying to identify um, uh, conditions that maybe uh, either either in the uh, outside of the upper or lower control limits, condition monitoring input um, inputs. But you can't always just shut the line down for something. So these opportunities uh, by using the, these tools, and in many ways, EAM is. Uh, and, and partnerships and uh, integration with APM systems. Um, in some ways, they share similar data and in, in, uh, integration. Uh, you may see clues of something that may occur next shift or maybe two weeks from, from uh, once the line starts up or gets back to full capacity. Um, and these opportunities to really read the data are really, you know, really critical and a good opportunity, um, you know, to, to make, in some ways, make... Uh, Make lemonade out of uh, out of lemons. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a bad situation. But you know, what can we do to make sure we do better? Uh, we operate more efficiently and effectively. You know, when we get back to yeah. quote unquote normal, the new normal. Yeah. With that being said, how can um, maintenance teams better identify higher priority tasks to improve the reliability sure. and performance of their assets? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it spans around the intelligent uh, asset management and available digital transformation tools. Um, we've been talking about this for a number of years, but the idea of really fully taking advantage of what these tools can offer. And, and during this time, the maintenance organizations can better leverage these capabilities. And um, in addition to the APM and EAM solutions, as an example, you also have reliability-centered maintenance uh, to help identify uh, additional um, opportunities that may be uh, may not be uh, fully aware, and, and the idea of uh, of really fully using the the uh, automation data and, and and sensors 
and really taking advantage of what the IoT systems and, and industrial IoT, IIoT, um, are, are, are signals are sending out and really making use of what is data into more information. And, mm-hmm. and, and most all organizations these days are, are, are um, using these tools, but whether or not they, there might be some more opportunity to dig more deeply. You know, and, and also predictive maintenance, as I mentioned, RCM reliability sensor maintenance. The idea of trying to predict, the idea of trying to see what what um, what trends are occurring, and and this is something we've been talking about for quite a long time. But um, this could be even more important as we go forward because, um, you know, many of these there may be multiple shifts. There could be many operations that might be two shift operations, may become three shift operations. So the uptime is critical and downtime can be a killer as far as productivity and, and um, availability of workers. So all, you know, the, the idea of really taking digital transformation to heart and not just the, um, uh, the, the letter of what we're trying to do, but, but the spirit, you know, how can I really, how can we really, what, what do we need to do to, you know, try to make sure we have prolonged, um, uh, uh, operations where uh, you know there wouldn't necessarily be any stoppage in work as much as possible. In in reality, for for many of us, you know, we've been taught that you know, don't over maintain the old um, you know, the old U curve where you have a um, you, you spend more as you spend the maintenance. Um, uh, is 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 needed up to a point, and then it gets to a point where it, uh, overall total costs increase by too much maintenance. Uh, it's an argument because at least in this in this case, as as plants are being um, getting back to full tilt, maybe it can go a little bit more toward um, over maintaining just a bit if it means mm-hmm. um, eliminating or reducing downtime. And and other tools include um, use of analytics and and, and critically analytics. Uh, predictive analytics to better assess uh, anomalies in the data and also to uh, predict uh, premature failures. And in many ways, looking at pre- predictive maintenance along with predictive analytics are two areas that are, uh, you know, can, can help have a little bit of a glimpse to the future. Uh, and the data may, may yield some very surprising uh, insights. Uh, and we, we, we've discussed this across the board in, in the past as well. But the, even more so now to kind of get an idea, okay, how can we optimize uptime? And predictive yeah. analytics could be one uh, one of these ways to kind of take it to the next level. A lot of a lot of uh, industrial organizations are using uh, uh, their, their analytics tools and going beyond just reporting and BI business intelligence, but also starting to, if not dabble, but work cl- closely with their quant teams for predictive analytics. And We've written about this in the past and will continue in the future, the idea of the democratization of analytics. So a lot of the uh, capabilities that people are on from the shop floor and some of these are power users, not necessarily from the quant staff, are beginning to use these um, these tools and also using visual analytics to get a sense for graphically what, you know, where might there be a problem? Where, where is something that's still within condition, still within the boundaries of what's acceptable? But you know it's trending, trending offward, and it could be an issue of lubricants, it could be an issue of uh, vibration, um, uh, heat. All, all of these can help identify something that might may, may not be feeling now, but could be failing in mm. 50 hours, or 100 hours, or 200 hours. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, are there any other areas of opportunity to consider uh, during these difficult times? Uh, absolutely. The, um, the, 
not only the technology and, and, and predictive analytics to, to the degree of uh, what you know wh what the data is telling in order to go more deeply, but there's also the issue of um, it, it's not all only about tech, although tech is critical to help identify potential issues, but it's both touch and tech. You know, in many ways, trying to um, mine the data in the minds of the um, subject matter experts on the, on the shop floor, those who know. You know, this is you know, to have them kind of put on their um, uh, their 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 thinking hats, which they would do every day, anyways. But you know, you, you know, you do test runs on the, on the lines. You've got you've got the IoT data, I, IoT data as as well. You got the uh, edge computing inputs coming in, but also sometimes just listening or t you know, looking at vibration meters or temperature. Uh, readings and just getting a sense something doesn't seem right you know I've been someone can say I've been in this plant for 25 years and um, I've, I've been wondering about this motor over here it just it works but it's you know and then and, yeah. and then you look at the at the edge data and you say yeah it's got a little bit of a you know it's, it's got an anomaly here or there so a lot of it is that what's in the heads of the subject matter experts as well as well um, the the technology is important, but it needs to be melded with the subject matter experts, and um, you know all of that together can help um, you know help make the uh, uh, the the crystal ball more clear. And many of today's technicians are already using this, particularly the younger ones, but but also some of the power users, and particularly in the analytics area, to get a sense for you know looking at trends, you know, and, and identifying. Um, uh, issues that happened in the past that, that maybe weren't obvious in, in many of our conversations uh, over the past uh, few years and some examples of, um, of, of some very highly qualified um, people and managers and directors who have learned from their people that sometimes the, 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 the data uh, is showing a potential issue, you just don't know it. So if you if you do a good job of forensic data mining mm. um, and working with the quant staffs when available, many plants won't have that. But you know a lot of times it says the data now is available through some of the more um, easy to use systems. Not saying they'll all you know be true AI and give all the information way ahead of time. But the idea of within analytics and in some cases a lot of plants are using at least some version of machine learning and looking at different models of, you know, if, if these conditions um, occur, then it's likely that this pump is going to cavitate and fail. If, if other conditions occur, it, there's an anomaly that might happen down the road. I mean, this is a, there's a lot of common sense that uh, can be used, you know, in looking at, you know, from, from data management um, and, and, and data analysis that can really help moving forward. Mm, right. So, Ed, are there any other areas uh, that people should be focusing on right now? Yeah, Tom, that's a good. That's a very good point because uh, you know we've been sp speaking primarily uh, about work management and um, labor management and uh, troubleshooting and assessing mm. uh, inputs that come from edge devices, IoT devices, you know, preventive maintenance or predictive maintenance. But another area is particularly in this case. Something a lot of companies have been doing, I'm sure, but the idea of um, trying to um, reduce the number of vendors 
as we've been trying to do for the last 20 years or more, trying to get a, the number of vendors you work with, could actually be a, 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 a problem in this, you know, going forward for the, for the new normal for the foreseeable future. Right. It's important of developing um, or updating plans for sourcing spare parts and, and replacement equipment. Um, it's kind of counter to how we've all been taught for the last couple of decades. You know, we don't need... 50 vendors, we only need three vendors, and we get better pricing from scale. But the reality is uh, the, the supply chain uh, execution becomes a challenge, very much a challenge with all this, whether or not there's uh, closures in the plants, whether or not they can't get the, um, the rolling stock in, in position. So even though it's, um, you know, much emphasis has been on t on discussing fewer vendors. This may be the time to think about who your backup vendors ought to be. Right. And not, I'm not saying you uh, uh, jettison all the the ideas of working with single vendors, but you know it's the idea of trying to uh, make sure that they can fill or how the, how they would fill in in difficult times. Right. You know, and and, and um, trying to understand uh, how prepared key suppliers and other stakeholders are. Um, for unexpected events and, and unexpected situations, because as we go through this, we'll probably have peaks and valleys. You know, we might have uh, uh, things may be fine for for a while, and then there may be other issues of having to have supply chain disruptions. Um, the more knowledge you can gain on, on the early on, and particularly in the phases of the outbreak, but also what might happen down the road in different other countries is important. I mean, the better prepared uh, you can be, and you know, as when circumstances um, shift, it's yeah. also important to identify and research the capabilities of these alternate suppliers. So, you know, do they have the right quality? You know, are they using the parts that you need, the specs that you need? Um, you know, it's important to, to do that. Now, um, not all of it can be done overnight, but this is something to keep in mind to have contingency plans. And and many of the larger plants would have this, but it's important for all plants um, to to keep this in mind. And it is uncertain times about whether um, or how much to uh, increase safety stock is something else to be uh, to keep in mind. So the idea we've always thought about, well, you know, you have a, you know lead time, critical critical spares, whether they're uh, individual parts or um, rotable spares or or other equipment. Um, you know, you may need more safety stock because you, if you, you know, if you do have an interruption in the supply chain, you don't want the whole line to go down because of something. These, these are something. These are some areas we haven't had to think, think about very much because, you know, our ERP systems, our EAM systems, the APM systems have been providing very good input. And usually, you can have you know just-in-time inventory, not only for finished goods but also for parts. Right. That's a little bit dicey in in these cases, so you may have to rethink. For a period of time, you know, just to make sure that you have enough safety stock and your lead times um, can can accommodate alternate um, uh, alternate parts and, and equipment deliveries um, at, at this point in time. And uh, developing a supply chain resilience is important at all times, but really critical at these times to keep keep those in mind. Yeah, I saw the United States today rose to number one for confirmed cases of coronavirus. So it looks like this thing is just going to keep on increasing. True. So, I mean, right now, this is a real mirror being put up to everybody, you know? And I mean, it's allowing for some real deep introspection. <laughs> no, no, that's so, so true. And, um, you know, the the idea of being, you know, of, of having the um, work management and parts management and supply chain 
finely tuned. We've done such a good job in, in the global in the, in the from a global trade. Yeah. But we, you know, the, that's assuming uh, an uninterrupted supply chain performance. And I don't think we can uh, necessarily uh, bet on that all the time. So we need to have we need we need to kind of back off just a little bit just to make sure uh, for the want of a you know of, of a relatively modest cost of a part to have a whole line down. That's not right. what everybody wants. Be a good time to uh, update those contingency plans for sure. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, try to be more proactive. Any closing thoughts that you had in particular, Ed? Uh, sure, Tom. I mean, in many ways, uh, this this is unprecedented uncertainty, almost unprecedented, uh, you know, at least going back 15 years. But to, yeah. the, to the, the scope, it's very much unprecedented. And the uncertainty and of business uh, disruption, the availability of workers, availability of parts are, are all critical. And uh, our asset management, effective asset management, can be a way to uh, be proactive and to get a uh, an opportunity to get um, you know to, to get things right as soon as possible. And this includes taking advantage of downtime, however unwelcome, yeah. uh, to ensure that the equipment is in the best condition possible when making lemonade. Production- <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's also a good time to review and update contingency plans, as you mentioned, Tom, yeah. uh, for backup parts, source, uh, even outsource services if, if uh, you know, if uh, direct workers aren't available. So just, you know, all things are on the table to, to ensure that the uh, the operations uh, run as smoothly and as, as reliably as possible. And we'll get through this by you know, using our head and, 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 and relying on each other uh, in, in the but not only within the companies, but also with with uh, partners and vendors, to um, you know do the best they can. For sure, I think that's uh, you know important now more than ever. And um, you know, thank you, Ed, and I appreciate you coming on. And um, anybody who's interested in getting more information, you can visit us at arcweb.com or on our streaming platforms, Digital Transformation Podcast, on iTunes, on Spotify, and a whole bunch of other streaming platforms, including YouTube. Uh, or you check out our Smart Cities podcast too as well. Thank you, everybody, and have a great day. Sure, Tom. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. You too.